Well, hi there, everyone. This is Tiz, and welcome to another episode of Tiz Talks. So you've probably been wondering where the heck I've been. It has been a little while since I've uploaded an episode. And the truth is, I was set back a little uh, physically. I had a small little bit of a COVID scare, nothing too serious, but it did impact my, my throat and my ears and made it difficult for me to speak. And for whatever reason, my right side, which is the side I am right-handed, decided it wanted to seize up. So my shoulder and my arm and right down into my hand has been extremely painful. And so the mystery continues and I'm going to chiropractors and doctors and I'm icing and it's it's been about a month now. However, when I was at the chiropractor's, she kept referring to my muscles and tendons to be very angry. She would poke around and say, my gosh, your muscles, oh, they're so mad. Oh, they're so angry. Well, I find this to be very interesting language and descriptions of what's going on in my body. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Louise Hay. She's the renowned founder and publisher of Hay House and also the author of many books, including You Can Heal Your Life. And she believes that every every ailment, everything that we have going on in our body is also a sign of something else going on in our life. Oddly, she refers to shoulder pain or bursitis or anything like that as repressed anger. Hmm. And about a week ago was my birthday and I woke up on the morning of my birthday with just a real humzinger of a cold sore. Now, if you check, you know, Louise Hay's book on cold sore, it also has to do with anger. I didn't think I was angry about anything, but it had me thinking, am I angry? I know there's some stuff going on and certainly for all of us. And I know that I have been frustrated. Perhaps maybe I'm absorbing or withholding or just, you know, compartmentalizing anger because for the most part, I'm not walking around feeling really mad about anything. You know, I don't have a lot of a, a lot of drama. For the most part, my life is reasonably peaceful but I think I need to look sort of deeper. Now, you know, with this pandemic, we're all frustrated. It has been a real trying couple of years or year and a half. And I know that many people are angry. And perhaps, you know, I thought I was handling it really well, but maybe, maybe I am angry. There's so much that has happened in this world and in our lives. And this level of frustration and so much divide amongst people. And I think what hurts me more is seeing how how divided people are on their own stand on things and their opinions on things. If you're an anti-masker or masker, if you're an anti-vaxxer or you're a pro-vax, I mean, oh my gosh. People are getting downright angry at each other. And I don't know, maybe I'm absorbing some of that energy. But let's face it, it has been really tough. We can't get out and, and make plans to go out and 
hopefully soon we will all be able to maybe travel. And I, I think that would do the world a good. I think everybody needs a vacation. This whole anger thing, though, it has really been nagging at me. And I've really had to think about, well, what am I holding on to? Because let's face it, anger is usually a sign of, you know, holding on to something that I haven't let go of. Maybe some resentments, some fears. You know, anger is really just a mask for other things and other things going on in our lives. So I know, I know the pandemic and the situation that I'm in. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrating with, you know, just work and how we live and just everything. It's unusual. It's hard. In questioning sort of, you know, what, what am I angry about? <laughs> well, you know, I had to think back and, and the truth is, like you all, we've all lived through previous periods of our lives where we've, you know, dealt with some trauma and things that have been damaging to us. And I'm one that has done extensive work on myself. I'm not one to just let it control me. I'm I'm out there, I'm getting the help I need all the time. I'm constantly working at overcoming some of these things that have impacted me in my life. So for the most part, I didn't think I was angry about anything in my past. But, you know, if I was to get really, really, really down to the nitty gritty about things, I, I think maybe I kind of still am a little bit peeved at some of the things that have happened to me in the past. And I'm not sure that particularly when things happen that are really hard, experience something that's damaging, particularly from people that we, we loved and, and we thought that loved us. I've certainly forgiven, but I haven't forgotten. There probably is still a little angry in sort of the corners of my my mind and my body. And the funny thing is, is that some of these relationships with people that I had, whether it was love relationships or, or work relationships that were damaging, I I know that for me, it's not it's not as though I want these people back in my life. I mean, that's certainly not it. And, and sort of what am I hanging on to? What part of it is making me feel stuck or angry? And I know for me, the hardest part of letting go of a relationship isn't so much the relationship as it was, because the truth was it wasn't good. And who wants a relationship back that's not good. For me, what I mourned was the future that was no longer going to be the potential of what the relationship could have been. The dream. We all know that, well, that's a bit of a pipe dream because that's putting things into a, you know, perfect world. Oh, if only we did this, we would be able to live happily ever after. If only a person changed and did that, uh, we would still be working together. Or, you know, we could say a million things about what could have been. But the truth is, for me, the hardest part really was about letting go of the potential of that relationship, not what it really was. 
maybe I need to clean that out a little. I'm not sure. I mean, the bravest thing we can all do for ourselves when we're in situations with bad relationships is to let go of the dream and to say no, no more. I mean, people that have been adversely affected, you know, by people that have hurt them. I believe it's hard to get over that kind of uh, hurt and resentment, betrayal, whatever you want to call it. I think about all those people in my life, and there's been a few. And I ask myself, am I still angry at these people? I mean, they're not in my life anymore. They're not affecting today. And it's really important that I be brutally honest about this because I can't let something that is no longer an active part of my life to affect me now and into my future. That's that's just bad. There's a saying that, you know, anger really is, you know, burning your own house down. <laughs> because in the end, the only one it hurts the most is yourself. We find out in difficult times who we can count on and who we can't. And it's more than okay to remind myself that I had to let go of these people and say goodbye for my well-being. I might miss some of these people because the truth is I didn't hate every aspect of them. But these were people that didn't have my back. So I don't want them back or back into my inner circle. So maybe this has been a really good reminder of me to sort of clean out those cobwebs a little. Yeah, I kind of give myself a little reminder that, you know what, I can, I can still try to let go. I believe letting go is an ongoing process. And if any part of that lingering anger still, oh, is still simmering, we, we need to do something about it for ourselves because it's occupying a place in our life in our, our life today, present and future, that has no place. And the reality is, I, in doing that by letting go, I can, I can remind myself that I don't have bad relationships in my life any, anymore. I'm free. And I'm free to be me. Those people that are a part of my life today, they're, they love me. And they cheer me on. And I do the same for them. Those people mean the world to me. And when they go through difficult times, I I absorb that as well. You know, if they're angry about anything, then I'm, I'm angry as well for them. I don't know. I kind of tend to absorb that because I can, I can feel the, I, I can empathize. Perhaps I am carrying a little bit of anger from other people. You know, they say when the image that we have for ourselves, what we want our life to be, and what our life actually is. If those two scenarios are not aligned, then we are really out of sorts and we are unhappy. Maybe we are even angry and it, because it causes us so much struggle. When what we want for ourselves, when that, that blueprint, you know, that plan for ourselves isn't the life we're living. I think, I think we're in a place of real discontent. I'll be honest, as much as I feel like I'm on my way and on my path again, I mean, I have had many start overs. I'm a little bit frustrated about that. I, I kind of want to be at that place where I don't feel like I'm starting over yet again. But, 
but here I am. I might be a little angry about that too. I'm not sure. Trying to do a little check-in of myself, but I think we can all agree that when we're not actually living the life we envision for ourselves, there's turmoil. And I believe a lot of inner anger. I think for me lately, what has caused me a bit of anger is dealing with my age. I turned 62. And by society standards, that's getting old. Even though I don't feel it, I don't think I look it. And I, I'm certain my head's certainly not there in terms of retirement and the rocking chair on the porch. And, you know, just, uh, I don't know, playing golf and volunteering. I'm just not there yet. There's still so much that I want to do to contribute to society, to business, to so much more. I I feel like, oh no, there is still a lot of wind in me. But the reality is, you know, by the standards of corporate America, 62 is, well, sunsetting time. You know, the time where you kind of start packing it in when they are offering early retirement packages, when you really are counting the days to when your retirement day is up. I think I have some resentment because here I am still wanting and needing to work. And yet I certainly don't want to go back into that environment, but I don't think they want me either. I'm not sure that I was a good corporate citizen. I I think I worked hard. I think I achieved a lot. I think I delivered. I think I over-delivered. But the truth is, is I don't know. I just wasn't that good at towing the line. I remember one time my boss, uh, this was like a highly dysfunctional situation. And she came up to me and she said, do you know what the problem with our team is? And then she answered her own question by saying, we have too many middle-aged women on the team true story. Now, I was blown away. And I said to her, "Um, hello, I'm one of the oldest on the team. And her response right away was, oh, no, 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 you're cool. That wasn't okay. Oh, okay, I'm cool. So let's talk about the other people. That's, that's, that's not good. That's not acceptable. And unfortunately, this was someone who was well on her way to pushing 50. And all I could think of was, how is being female in your 50s, a problem. How is that a problem? I mean, we have been attempting to normalize so much in society. And I believe age is definitely one of them. But dare I say age for women. You know, men become, you know, suave and debonair in their old age. Women, well, we just get old and wrinkly. And that image is changing. Yes, it is. But I think we still have a lot of work to do there. We have to stop judging people for what year they were born in. I think maybe I am a little angry at this. Because when I was younger, I wasn't good enough. Oh, no, no, you're too young. You don't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. And now that I'm older, I have, I have feeling that I'm now excluded. My time ran out. I was no longer on the right side of the desk, if you will. 
But I often wonder to myself, do people really judge me differently or look at me differently because of my age? I try to think if I do towards other people. I I honestly don't think that I do, but you know, I'm asking myself that tough question. I once heard a quote from someone that said, ageism is the last bastion of prejudice. And I'm, I feel it. I feel that. I have to let go of this because again, this is the past, but I wish I didn't listen to people in the past when I was younger, that the people that said, no, I couldn't do anything. And that really, truly held me back. If I had a little bit more self-love and self-esteem to stay authentic and to stay on the right course, my life would have been very different. I often wonder where I'd be if I didn't listen to all those people and that said I couldn't do all these things. I can be angry at them, but I'm more angry at myself for wasting such valuable time in my life. You know, there's that thing that people say, oh, what would you say to your, you know, teenage self? And it really is don't listen to other people. Act and listen to your heart. I wasn't doing anything horribly awful, you know, in my life. I mean, I did do work that was seemingly enjoyable and that challenged me. It just wasn't me. It wasn't anything that was feeding my soul. So I suppose you could say that, oh, heck, maybe I am still a little angry for alienating that girl with a dream inside of me, despite all the work I thought I've done on this. I have to remind myself, though, that all was not lost. I mean, I did do some pretty cool things and I did bring about some great experiences and I did have some valuable lessons and and I need to honor that. I can't look back on my life and say, what a waste. It wasn't. It was everything that I needed to go through at the time. And clearly, these were paths that I chose. I wasn't at gunpoint. So I'm not completely remorseful for all the decisions that I did make. I think I made the best out of an okay situation. And I certainly took advantage of all my jobs. I mean, I tried to make them more than what they actually were all the time. Because I had to inject creativity wherever I could, the ability to show my individualism wherever I could, the ability to inject ingenuity or bring new ideas and new solutions. I was great at disrupting. I needed to bring all those things to the table because otherwise I felt like I was dying because I needed that to do something that that I felt I was doing something worthier, that I was passionate about. Because as soon as I felt that I was just towing the line, that I had no control, I had to just listen, take the orders, beat to the drum of someone else's agenda, which happened often in the corporate world. For me, that was a slow death. I say to people who want to step out and do what they really want to do, I want to say, you know what? Taking risks is really, really hard. I agree. But you know what? Living a life and doing the work you hate is harder. 
I can tell you I was valiant. I was responsible and accountable. And I did my job really well. And I did what society expected of me. And you know what? No one cared. It was really not the right answer for me. So if I want to pass anything along to my daughter, it's that the further we step away from who we really are, and the more that we listen to other people that make us feel less than, the more we lose that person inside of us. The further we walk away from what we love and the passion that we have for the interests that we have, the more we lose ourselves. I honestly don't care how much money my daughter makes or what kind of title at all she has. If what she does makes her jump out of bed in the morning that has purpose and meaning and fulfillment, I am right there behind her to cheer her on. And I mean that for every person of any age, that we all still have the right to pursue what is and what does make our eyes light up. I wish I had trusted in myself enough when I was younger. I wish that I could have figured it out. I I probably could have, and I didn't give myself that benefit of the doubt. And I have arrived at a stage in my life where I really don't care what anybody says or think of me. And I just kind of wish I had that when I was younger. Because for every naysayer, there is a whole other tribe of people that are just waiting by the sidelines, waiting to love you and support you and cheer you on and show you how much you are loved and love what you have to offer this world. We are just looking in the wrong direction. As a woman, I'm inspired by other women and women who continue to 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 break society images and you know, especially those who keep getting better with age. May Musk, she's Elon Musk's mother. She's 73 and she is stunning. She has a book out now entitled A Woman Makes a Plan, Advice for a Lifetime Adventure, Beauty and Success. But when I see her, she exudes such a joie de vivre. She has this um, amazing sort of sprint in her step. She just has this wonderful energy and quality about her that I love. Jane Fonda, 83 years young, and still one of the biggest activists to this day. I love this woman. She just keeps on going and she just keeps on showing the world age doesn't matter. Ernestine Shepard, this is a woman who is 78 and at 56 she decided she wanted to start training and now she's one of the oldest female bodybuilders in the world. And I follow someone similar. Her name is Train With Joan. That's her handle on Instagram, at Train With Joan. And her daughter is a, I think, bodybuilder, competitive bodybuilder. But she was very, very unhappy and, and very overweight and just chronically not well. In her 70s, decided to turn things around. And you should see this woman now. Oh 
my gosh, she is such, such inspiration. And I mean, look at Betty White. When, when Betty White was in her 50s, back in the 70s, that's when she started doing Mary Tyler Moore show. And her career just kept getting better and better and better. I mean, I think some of her best years were 50s to 90s, and here she is still going strong. There's so many examples of women who have, you know what, changed the channel. And later in life, teaching me and showing me that, you know what, it's not too late. It's never too late. And never, ever, ever give up on ourselves and never give up on our own dreams. I think maybe I'm just a late bloomer. Because turns out late bloomers can actually be happier later in life because we've been through so much in the early part of our lives. You know, we've managed all those difficult expectations. We've been through some damaging and traumatic stuff. We've had to apply ourselves to things that were very difficult for us to do. Late bloomers have been through the trenches. And so they bring all of that, all that, that, all those survival skills and all that wisdom and all that knowledge and all those skill sets to the table. So for anyone who's had a really rough first half of their life, I say, hold on to your hat. It's going to get good. Life is going to be good. Holding on to anger just eats you up. Because the reality, and I said, I said it before, it's like burning down your own house, but anger has a way of gnawing away at your insides. And this is bad. This is bad for our body. And we know anger is just a mask for fear, grief, even pride. We have to ask ourselves, what, what are we holding on to? What, what anger or resentment, anything that just mm, doesn't sit well with us? What is that? What are you tolerating? Something that maybe continues to come up even in present day that has, has been long, long over Yet somehow our thoughts still keep it alive. I think tuning in to what we might be angry about, even when it's not obvious, is such a good exercise to go through, to, to, clean, to clean it out of our head and, and maybe reheed those lessons, you know, because you never want to repeat anything that didn't go so well in your past. So if we're hanging on to something or, or if, you know, it's coming, if it's resurfacing, then let's take the lesson so that we can truly let it go. Let's learn from it. Because I know I have had, I, I'm the person that has carried things around longer than what is good for me. There's a saying that, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And Oh, I did put myself through more pain than I needed to because letting go was just so hard for me. I now know that I can unload those past things that might tend to resurface, that tend to weigh me down, that tend to get in my way, that tend to cause me to doubt myself, whatever it is. 
when we drop it, you know, kind of like a knapsack that's been filled with bricks and we drop it along a beach shore and let let the waves come and just grab it and take it out to the ocean. Just feel that lightness and walking towards that tribe in your future that wants to love you and support you and cheer you on. That's the image I have in my head. The heavy weight of the past and of things that have happened to us. And when we let them go, what it does is it just opens up so much for our future. So I ask myself, am I too old? Hell no. I know I'm on the right track. Life hasn't been easy, but this is my road. And it has been a road worth living. It's been a road worth reflecting on, heeding the lessons. It's been a road worth sharing and a road worth continuing to walk on. It's my road. And I know that when I shed all that stuff, all that doubt and fear and anger, I know it's going to lead me to so much more goodness. This is the better part of my journey. I know I have to let myself off the hook and forgive, forgive others, forgive myself for all the things we coulda, shoulda, woulda. This has been a good exercise for me. I have to thank my chiropractor. Oh, your muscles are so angry. And I have sat with this question now for a number of weeks. What am I angry about? What are you angry about? You know, I may not be where I want to be, and I often wish I had more security than I do in my life right now. The one thing I know I am doing that I'm thankful for is that I'm I'm following the path that aligns with my higher self. I'm now finally doing things that are the right decision for me. And I have a lot of hope and optimism for myself in the future by doing that. I think finally listening to myself, listening to my gut. So I, I, I take solace in that. And I have a funny feeling the greatest years of my life are still ahead of me. I don't know about you, but I hope you feel that way too. It's really okay to walk back a little and do some spring cleaning. Do a little, you know, mind reorganizing, recalibrating, if you will. Check in with the emotions you know, maybe we need to talk it out a little just to get it back into perspective. Whatever we need to do, because there is no room for this luggage, no room for carrying this around. Anger and resentment, they're not our friends. It's fuel. Fuel to burn down our own house. But you know, we can repurpose that energy of anger We can put that energy towards something really good for ourselves. You know, channel that creatively, whatever that might be. Let it be that motivation that that creates some opportunity to do something good. Take a negative and turn it into a positive. They say we don't get what we want in life. We get what we need. And perhaps what I needed was a whole lot of kicks up the stairs, if you will. Because every time I got knocked down, 
It helped me move closer up towards where I needed to go. I've learned. I may not like it, but I got the lesson. And now for me, it's really just checking in to make sure I continue to let go of things, of people, of memories that really are not good for me and my mental health. It is so empowering when you start looking after yourself and your needs and being fully in who you are and accepting of who you are on this day, no matter what. And who cares who does or doesn't? When we let go and close the door to people, places, and things that weigh us down, it opens up all kinds of windows to lands of opportunity, a whole new world of other people and other things and other experiences and situations that we could never even imagine could enter in or into our lives. When we feed and nourish ourselves, when we are more loving and more supportive, amazing things happen. But the kicker is, the hardest lessons that I have had to learn is that I had to step up and seek it out. As down and out as I thought I was, I still had to muster up the energy to get back up. I had to find a way to step forward, no matter how wounded I felt. Sometimes it took a long time, but that's okay, as long as I was going forward. Because anger keeps us stuck. And we need to find ways to release it. I used to take drives to the countryside so I could let out the most shrieking screams in my car. I mean, people would think I was in really grave danger, but I just wanted to be in a safe place away from everyone where I could just let let it rip and just, just have that anger just be released from my body. I know some people run and run really fast and some people work out really hard. And I think there's a lot to be said about that because our physical bodies need to deal with this anger just as much as our minds and our hearts do. Because anger and releasing anger is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And we need to look after it all. So go pound some pillows or go run as fast as you can, do whatever you can, scream as loud as you can, get it out, talk it out, cry it out, journal it out, do whatever it is you need to do, meditate it out, pray it out, whatever, do it all. Because it does no good to carry it around. And even though I don't know that we're ever fully, completely free of all our angers and resentments and fears and what have you, Let's put them in the right place. We have to kick them out of the driver's seat. And heck, I don't even want them in the back seat. I'm putting them in the trunk. So I have to remind myself, they might come with me, but I cannot let them control me. And that can be harder on some days and easier on others. It's okay to be angry. I think sometimes we try too hard to push it down and perhaps that's what I was doing. It's okay to recognize it and to ask, why am I feeling this way? And then deal with it and do something about it. I'm kind of glad that, 
You know, there's been this reference to my muscles of, oh, you're so angry. Your muscles are so angry. Because our bodies sometimes are way ahead of our minds. And my body has been trying to tell me something. Let's face it. We are one. My body, my mind, I'm one. So I need to make sure it's all working. I hope this has been some good food for thought for you. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back into the swing of things. Clearly, I had some important work to do. So I'll leave you with this final thought. A quote by Mark Twain who says, Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Wise words. This is Tiz. Hey, thanks for being such a great listener. I don't know where I'd be without you. Make sure you hit follow and the subscribe button to stay informed. And go ahead and visit tiztalks.ca for more information. And regardless of what you decide to do today, do it with all your heart.